It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I feel like as a society right now, we need to take a collective deep breath. Ah, which is hard to do in our current climate. But welcome on into the Mom Show. I uh, am going to provide you some information today about how to talk to your kids about the coronavirus. The news over the last, you know, seven days has just gotten crazy. We know that from working in a newsroom here at KSL News Radio, and it can be scary and it can be hard to know what the right things to say are. And I know I personally have had conversations with my five-year-old. She's the only one of my kids who's of age that would understand what's going on. Um, and so I thought of the question, how, what is the right way to talk to our kids about the coronavirus? You know, we go through this a lot when there are mass shootings, when there are other kind of really bad things that are happening in the world. This is... This is kind of new territory, I feel like, as far as, um, you know, the social distancing we're all practicing and stuff like that. So I've brought in an expert who can help us kind of talk about best practices and ways to your talk to talk to your kids about the coronavirus. Uh, her name is Annie Deming. She is actually a pediatric psychologist with Intermountain's Primary Children's Hospital. Annie, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, you're welcome. Happy to be here. Okay, so lay it on me, Annie. If I just ask you the broad question, obviously, I know this is going to range from age to age, but how? what is the best way to talk to our kids about coronavirus? Right. It's such an important topic right now. So I think in general, it's very important that we are managing our own response to the news and how scary things are, because kids, even teens, really look to us to see how we're going to react to guide their response. Mm. So even though we're probably super anxious about things that are going on, it's very important that that's sort of um, taken place as far as that anxiety and communication with friends or spouse or partners um, so that when we talk to our kids, we have a bit more of a clear head. Right. Um, so that's kind of important, important thing number one. Now, if I've already failed at that, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because I I am an anxious person by nature, and I know that, and I try to be open about that with my daughter who's five. You know, sometimes I rush her along, and I'm hurrying her places, and I... I stop and realize that I have just bossed her around a lot and I'm just like, I'm feeling anxious right now and it's causing me to kind of, you know, react in this way. So if I've already sort of been a little bit doomsday with my kids, if I know I've had conversations with my husband about prepping and food storage, what does that look like? Right. No, great question. And we all have those mom fails, right? Right. Myself included. So (laughs) totally fine. Um, I think we can always go back and repair that type of thing with our kids. Our kids are very forgiving people and they love us. So, you know, kind of going back and say, gosh, I know there's a lot of things that, um, you know, you're probably anxious about and I'm certainly worried. And just so you know, I'm here to protect you and we're all going to get through this together. So you can definitely go back and kind of repair that way. As far as the general question of how to talk with them about it, I think it definitely depends on their age, but overall, we need to understand that they're getting a lot of misinformation, and they're going to fill that 
kind of the gaps in their knowledge in with misinformation and probably extreme doomsday things. Mm -hmm. So that's when we actually do need to provide maybe some more information than we typically would, even if they're younger kids, to make sure they have the facts, you know, about how we are pretty low risk here in Utah. And, you know, we're all working very hard to make sure that the virus is not going to have a huge impact on us. And you can also reassure them that kids are, you know, are at low risk and we need to still do things to keep ourselves safe. And so that's when you can have a nice conversation about hand hygiene and appropriate coughing and sneezing technique and all of those things. Now, okay, so let's get down to the nitty gritty a little bit. I have a five-year-old and I'll kind of share with you the conversation I had with her and you can Please tell me if I did it wrong. I'm open to that type of okay. feedback. But I just, at first I asked her, you know, what do you know about the virus? Because she did mention, you know, there's a virus. You know, she knows the word virus and she knows that it's going around. And then, but she kind of equated it to there are some sick kids at school. Do they have the virus? Right. Mm-hmm. She was just kind of like assuming everyone had the virus. And right. I certainly don't think that that's probably the direct direction I want her to go. So, You know, she knows there's a virus. And so I just said to her, yeah, listen, there is a virus right now. And like, first and foremost, your dad and I, our number one job is to keep you safe. We would never put you in a situation where you're not safe. So she knows that like going to school is safe, you know, right now. And I would never put her in a situation that wasn't safe. Right. And so, yeah, just trying to kind of manage my own anxiety around that. And then just saying, we're going to listen to our local leaders. We're going to listen to the doctors and what they tell us to do. We're going to do. We're going to wash our hands before and after school, after we eat, when we come inside. And we're just going to kind of live life as normal. So I I tried to kind of, again, dispel some of the myths. But, you know, you mentioned earlier, tell them the facts. And I'm just kind of thinking, what are the the facts that she needs to know? Yeah, no, very good question. So I think your instincts were right, is to really open up a conversation about what they've heard, because then you can correct that that information if needed. So, yeah, I think you can say, you know, actually, no schools have had, um, you know, have had confirmed, well, you wouldn't say confirmed to a five-year-old, but, you know, our schools are safe. um, So your classmates have not had it. They might have a cold, but that's just normal. Um, and then I think you can say things like when people do get sick with it, it kind of feels like they have a cold, um, but their doctors are helping keeping, you know, keeping them healthy and make sure they feel better. Um, so I think it's, it's important to then review what they can control. And that piece is really important, especially for younger kids. What you can do to kind of be a good friend and be a good classmate um, are these things. And that's when you go into that specifics about hand hygiene. Um, and then you can also say things like, you know, scientists are working really hard to figure out how to keep people safe and how to make sure people stay healthy. Because that's another fact that is a reassuring one. So you want to focus on those more reassuring facts that we know. And I think it was also great advice to say, we're going to listen to our local leaders and we're going to listen to your teachers and your doctors. And then we'll do what they say because their goal is also to keep us safe, just like our goal is that. Yeah, this was on the day where the governor, um, you know, put all the the new public health measures in place. So there was a lot of news surrounding it. And certainly I work in the news. So it's just kind of command central for all the information. So sometimes it's hard to separate the panic outside from the flurry of activity in the newsroom for me. Right. And (laughs) I have to kind of keep those things separate. So definitely we're talking with Annie Deming. She is a pediatric psychologist with Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital. Annie, before we leave, um, any last words of wisdom as far as talking to our kids about coronavirus? 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's just important to to really focus on how you respond does shape, shape your child's response. And, you know, it's okay to, to have some anxiety about that and say things like, we're going to get through this together. We'll figure it out as we go. Okay, perfect. So what I'm hearing from you is manage your own anxieties around it, which can take a lot of work in and of yes. itself. Uh, make sure you're giving your kids uh, not the misinformation, but correcting any misinformation, giving them the facts, reassuring them and reviewing what they can control. I really like, um, you know, that because that helps me manage my own anxiety. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Annie, thank you so much. Uh, pause because we're going to take a break. When we come back, Annie's going to stay on the line with us. And we're going to talk about what to do if you yourself become ill and you have children to take care of. This is a virus that we know is mighty contagious. And so as a parent, I'm thinking, oh, man, this would be scary if I came down with something and I have kids to take care of. We'll take a break. More when we come back on The Mom Show. You've joined The Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. It's been kind of a scary week in the news as far as coronavirus goes and all the latest developments um, with the sports world and just here locally with our governor giving more public health measures about uh, social distancing and coronavirus. So it is top of mind for everybody right now, um, keeping our families safe from coronavirus. And when it comes to my own personal children and my home, I'm just, you know, trying to get prepped and I'm trying to get the right information and trying to be as prepared as I can be. And one of my questions, uh, we talked last segment about how to talk to your kids about coronavirus. I think we think a lot about that when like a mass shooting happens or a natural disaster and bad things happen and we don't really know how to explain it to our kids. We don't want to give them more information than they need to know, but they're certainly hearing things. Um, and so one of my other questions was, what do I do if I feel ill, fall ill or my husband falls ill? We all have to quarantine or it comes to a point where, you know, um, the local leaders and local health officials are telling us everyone needs to just chill out from society for a minute. So everyone's going to stay home for two solid weeks and we're going to nip this thing in the bud. I don't know if that's even a possibility, but say we get to that point. What do you do if you fall ill and you have kids to care for? That's one of my main questions right now. So I brought in a pediatric psychologist with Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital. Annie Deming is on the line with me. Annie, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Happy to be here. Okay, so this is kind of, you know, thinking worst case scenario down the line. But what do I do if I get sick and I have kids to care for? We know this illness is pretty contagious, right? Right. It, yes, it is. And, you know, we as parents, we get sick and still have to take care of our kids, yes. too, on a, on a normal basis. Yes. Um, so, yeah, some really specific uh, advice related to that is, you know, we all have standard precautions when we're sick that we do. You know, we might clean a little bit more. We might, you know, only use a tissue once and we might wash our hands a bit more. So all of those kind of standard things that we would do and should do, we should just be super vigilant about it. Um, so more hand washing making sure we're disposing of our tissues really quickly after we use them, um, cleaning surfaces. And if you need your spouse or a friend to kind of come and help you do that, I think that's a, an appropriate um, request. Um, and then it's also okay to just plop our kids in front of the TV a little bit more than we normally would. You, you know, we need to take... You heard it here first, folks. You yeah. <laughs> screen time. <laughs> right, right. 
Um, and of course, in general, we, we want to limit that screen time. We as psychologists know mental health is important and screen time affects it. However, we just have to get real with it. You know, like if we need to rest on the couch, we start that movie and let our kids watch it and it is fine. Yeah. I know there are certainly times where I'm like, all right, I'm throwing all the rules out the window right now. We are just in survival mode. And I'm not saying that's where we are, but certainly that's that's good advice. Um, Okay, so, you know, I know it's so I mean, are there are there instances in where if I come down with coronavirus, do I need to like go stay in a hotel or stay at my house and have my family go stay at a hotel? Like, how do I keep them from getting it? Right. That's a great question. I mean, so certainly I think it's important to follow the Utah Department of Health recommendations and our Mountain Healthcare CDC website recommendations based on that. Currently, what we're saying is that if you have a mask and you're at home um, and you have one, go ahead and wear it. If you don't, still focus on those things I talked about before, hand hygiene and, you know, making sure you're sneezing and coughing into your elbow and try to keep separate, you know, as you can. Um you know, use separate bathroom if you have that availability or make sure you're not sleeping in the same bed or co-sleeping with your kids in this circumstance. And for those of us with young, you know, little kids, that's important to consider. Um, and at the same time, it's also important that you can still um, be the mom and the dad and, and make sure that you're still connecting with your kids. Um, but just have a, a bit of extra vigilance with some of those hygiene and safety measures. Yeah, important information to remember. But if Kids are home for two weeks. You know, I overheard in the preschool parking lot the other day a group of moms just being like, I don't even care if I get the virus. I just don't want to be home for two weeks with my kids. Like, it's just right. too hard. And I don't mean to make light of the situation, but that's kind of the this, this sentiment, right, is right. it is hard to be home with kids for that long. But um, I think an important question to answer is what is uh, mentally and developmentally appropriate for them if they're stuck in the house for two weeks? Yeah, you know, and I think that's so important because it is it is a challenge, and and you know those summer vacations sometimes you're just like, oh my gosh, what else are we doing today? You know, um, and this is a unique situation because it's not like we can just go down to the pool and we can't go to the libraries. You know, right. so we have to be a bit more creative within our home, and you know, so bike ride in the driveway, you know, even down the street is is still fine. Um, And some other ideas might be, you know, do scavenger hunts um, in the house or in the backyard, Um, you know, baking, um, hide and seek, you know, movies, craft projects that your kids, you know, have been asking you to do for months and you've just put them off, you know, those types of things would be useful. Yeah, those are some great ideas. It's going to take all my energy as a mother to come up with those things because that is not the type of mother I am. Right. Here's another movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm the same way. And I think sometimes, you know, we, as moms, if we can kind of get ourselves into that mindset, okay, this is temporary. Yes, it's hard. Um, and okay, let's kind of structure the day. So let's do an activity in the morning, you know, that's a baking cookies, and then let's watch a movie over lunchtime. And then in the afternoon, maybe we'll, you know, make Play-Doh, you know, so something along those lines where we kind of have our day planned out and it doesn't feel too overwhelming might be helpful. And it's also okay to complain to a friend or a spouse and be like, oh my gosh, this day was exhausting. Um, And that's totally fine and good. We're talking with Annie Deming. She's a pediatric psychologist with Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital. Annie, is there anything important developmentally that we need to know about kids, whether it comes to talking to our kids about coronavirus or even just keeping them occupied for two weeks? Yeah, you know, I think one of 
of the things to focus on is that kids, if, if we think about, okay, how would we want to treat our best friend if this happened to them? You know, how would, what advice would we give our best friend about dealing with a school closure or, you know, feeling worried about being sick? And most kids actually are really great understanding, oh, with a friend, we would be really nice. We'd give them good advice. We'd be really supportive. Um, and so that can be a, a way to kind of spark a conversation about how, you know, how best to deal with this. Um, and then just, you know, know your, your child. If, if you know they're going to enjoy family games, do that. If you know that they're going to like baking cookies once a day, great. That's an idea. So just make sure you're kind of responding to what their preferences are as well. Yeah, great information. Um, I think it's important to, you know, remember that kids might be bummed out right now because like their after school things are getting canceled and their plays are getting canceled yeah. and things that they were working on are getting canceled. And that might be hard for them to understand. Um, but yeah, having empathy and sympathy for that can go a long way. Yes, definitely. Perfect. Annie Deming, a pediatric psychologist with Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital. Annie, any final thoughts, questions I didn't ask you you think is really important information for the public? Uh, I, no, I think we pretty much covered it. I do think, though, it's just important to understand that we're all in this together and we're going to get through it together. And giving that message to your kids is going to be super helpful. It's going to help them feel reassured and safer. I love it. Well, I feel reassured after this interview, so thank you, Annie, for taking the time. You're welcome. <laughs> we'll be back on The Mom Show.